1: in have you been waiting all week oh i have wherever you are whenever you are and however you happen to be listening we are so glad you've chosen to tune in to dlc especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run fear not we're gonna help out the only way we know how by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, ExpressVPN and HelloFresh. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who loves owls, especially when they're superb, Mister Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. I, I went to Rice University. Our
2: mascot was the owls. I do. I, I like owls.
1: Like yeah. a superb owl.
2: I don't get the reference, but I'll pretend like I did. I do.
1: Seriously, you right? get the reference? No. What is it? This is what people call the Super Bowl. Superb owl. They do.
2: Because huh? I haven't watched. I haven't watched. Silly, okay i haven't watched football in five years i don't know
1: <laughs> i mean dude Brady. <laughs> all right well luckily we're not going to be talking about it. it was a stinker anyway it was a stinker game anyway the good news is we have lots of video games to talk about in fact the steam game Festival is this week and so there's like 500 new demos i think it was somewhere around 500 it's it's insane we got Tons of games to talk about, we've got news to talk about, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your Downloadable Kanata and your Downloadable Christian. But this week, we are so excited because DLC stands for Developing Live Communities, because we have the head of community marketing at Twitch. Ms. Mary Kish is joining us. Hey, Mary.
0: Hi. I thought you were going to say Downloadable Kish.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, it, it kind of works, easy. although cause you spell the a K, though, don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you can still make it work. <laughs> All right, I like it, I like it.
1: Um, welcome, it's been, uh, you know, every year we, uh, you know, we talk about the guests we'd like to have on the show, and we ask the audience to submit names, and your name came up again and again, so I'm super glad you decided to join us, we're, we're so delighted to have you.
0: That's so exciting. Um, that makes me happy. I'm really excited to be here. I like um, having things to do on my weekend, and I don't. And it's so <laughs> exciting when someone asks me to partake in something from my home. So this is really fun. And I'm, I'm happy to just talk with some people for, yeah. for a couple hours. It sounds great.
1: Awesome. Well, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do, the story of the week. Story of the week It's the story of the week story of the week it's the story of the week story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit that's 5x5dlc.reddit.com or by heading over to the discord which is also 5x5dlc on the old discord Lots of cool folks hanging out, a great community. I recommend you joining them. But Mary, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, I would probably say, even though it is a sad story, that the biggest news I heard was that a couple games that I'm very much looking forward to are not coming out this year. And thus the year is ruined.
1: <laughs> already, here we are. Just February hit, and the year is already ruined. Uh, also, I will point out, Christian, my prediction, my Cool Ranch prediction uh, of every game being delayed. Uh, Mary, I predict. we do predictions at the beginning of the year every year, and I made the prediction that every single game will be delayed this year. And so mm. far, so far, no, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, but no, because this is why, this
2: is my saving grace, is that Hitman 3 came out it's likely going to be a game of the year candidate at the end of the year, so everything else can be delayed. Great, but you're wrong, Jeff. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, are
0: you saying we peaked in February? Then there's I, nothing else.
2: I, I don't know how long these launch windows are, Mary. That's what I'm saying. Like when mm-hmm. new games are coming out with the consoles and launch window, and we reach February, March. I don't know how long is my window open for. You know, like I, I just don't know anymore.
1: Well, we did get news this week, uh, care of an Activision Blizzard investor call. Uh, this is the news that Mary is referring to, that neither Diablo 4 nor Overwatch 2 will be released in 2021. So that doesn't mean that they will be le- released in 2022 either, They maybe even farther off than that. But, you know, I think we were hoping at least one of those two games would be coming out uh, this calendar year. Mary, were you thinking that we might get both in 2021?
0: I think I also am a betting woman, and I really assume that things will get delayed. Um, I had expectations that Diablo would get delayed. Um, For whatever reason, I thought Overwatch 2 might happen because the last time Overwatch came out, Overwatch 1, you see, they announced it, and then they also were like, and it's coming out very, very soon, like right. in a couple months. And it was this wonderful experience because everyone got to see it. They got to get excited about it. And then it literally came out, and they did such a good job with that. And so I kind of was hoping that was going to be the thing here, too. So that one that one hit me in the gut a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, we love that, too. We talk about that all the time. We love the, like, short announcement to release window. It's so satisfying when, you know, uh, Bethesda comes out and says, Fallout 4 is going to be available in three months. And people are like, wow, we didn't even know. Ah, it's amazing. And that, you're right. The first Overwatch was like that as well. As an IP that nobody even had heard of. And Blizzard came out and were like, hey, we've got this Overwatch and we're putting it out soon. It, it does feel exciting to not have to keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was like you. I thought that Diablo 4 was the long shot for this year. But I thought for sure... Blizzard and by extension Activision would have at least one of these two this year and I thought Overwatch 2 seemed like the much more likely candidate for 2021 but no so you're saying um the, you evidently were very much anticipating at least one of these games and uh it's going to affect affect the year for you
0: I was banking on it Jeff Yeah you know I was really hoping that we this need, was the something. year We need
1: something positive. I
0: needed this one. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's a shame. These are both games that you can spend hours and hours and hours in. So there's lots of titles that will be coming out that I'm looking forward to. But what I really like is to have a game where I'm like, you can easily sink 50 plus hours into this and it won't feel exhausting or boring uh diablo 3 was a game that i played again and again and again and there was always something else to achieve um it's notorious for that you could basically take a week off of work enjoy it and then play it six months later it's that good overwatch was similar you it's incredible replayability so these are games that aren't just enjoyable they're not just well made they're games that you can live in for an extended period of time now i gotta get into like uh, like Wow again. Like this isn't what you want. Like you want a game that you can just spend a lot of time in.
1: Uh, I have to admit, I've been playing a lot of Wow lately, so you know, guilty as it. charged. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Christian, what do you think? I think both of us thought at least one of these two would would be a, a tent pole for the company in in 2021. Uh, do you think it's likely now that both games come out in 2022, or do you think we're looking at one of the two at least being even farther out?
2: yeah i i think potentially the latter i think i another part of this activision news out of their um quarterly earnings call was that they're going to look to make more games like call of duty has been a huge success for them this past year with kind of the season pass and the mobile version which is an excellent version of that game i think this means that diablo immortal is going to be even a bigger part of their catalog and what they're looking to do and i think if it is as good as the alpha was led to believe. And as good as it was, I don't even remember 2018, 2019, the last in-person BlizzCon, like even then it played really well. Um, and call of duty mobile certainly is monetized, but I think it's monetized f- pretty fairly um, kind of like a uh, Fortnite and some of those other games. Um, I think it could be a huge hit. So I think that speaks more than these other games being delayed. Overwatch does surprise me the most only because as I sit here and, play with my can i get this on my overwatch death Adler like death adder i always want to add an l in that um it's overwatch is a game that needs something right now i think um i think the pandemic hurt the tournament the the league and, and the la's team is leaving and fired everybody but they're still la's team but they're not playing here um it, i think it needs something i think valorant is 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 you know with their what strike force or whatever their thing is going on right now um call of duty being huge Fortnite being huge i think overwatch needs that injection so i really thought overwatch 2 could be it but maybe blizzard also thinks it needs it and it needs more than a three-hour story mission you know i, I don't know yeah. but maybe they're and making it bigger and better
1: clearly you know blizzard has a track record of not putting stuff out until it's ready uh that's you know, been their mo for a long time, so uh, you know this isn't surprising in the sense that Blizzard takes a long time to make games, and usually when they put a game out, it's because it's really ready. Uh, another interesting tidbit from this investor call is that uh, Activision Blizzard plans to do a lot more remasters. They had success with Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, which you know, Christian, you went gaga for uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot more of that. We've talked about the rumor of Vicarious Visions being absorbed into Blizzard so that they could work on a Diablo 2 remaster. Uh, So maybe that's going to be the stopgap before we get a Diablo 4. Mary, what do you think of uh, a Diablo 2 remaster so that Diablo 4 can take, you know, two, three more years to come out? (laughs)
0: I would probably be really excited to play Diablo 2 again. And so I'd be very welcoming to join that world again and, and have that experience. I think I would be really satisfied with that. It's interesting. They just have such a spicy history with releasing things as remasters or mobile and having people be really mad at them. Yeah, They have an expectation to get Diablo 4 out. And because they've delayed it, if they do anything else... I would almost anticipate the audience would just be like, "That's not good enough," <laughs> and yeah. that's unfortunate. Um, I would be happy to 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 take that. I would definitely. Oh man, what a great game that was! Yes, now I'm excited. I would definitely be, uh, play that again immediately. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I would be super excited to play that too. Um, Christian, do you have any other like Activision remaster wish list games? I mean, I. Uh... I don't know. I,
2: I I love Guitar Hero. I, I know that. <laughs> A I remaster mean, of Guitar Hero. What's I know they their remaster? ran it. I know they ran it into the ground. But like again, and I probably Why still have you my guitar. Put out in.
1: another Guitar Hero. You don't like update the graphics in Guitar I Hero.
0: Maybe you do. I don't know. So they tried gonna, that. It didn't go well. <laughs> I know.
1: I I know. But I'm just
2: saying. I mean, you were talking about it with Rock Band, Jeff. Your kids in the garage, and yeah, like. You know, talking about Diablo 2 Remaster, there are some people that will be like, that's not good enough. And for everyone else, it will be like, hey, you weren't born when Diablo 2 came out. This isn't a remaster for you. This is a new game, one of the best yeah. of all time. <laughs> Go play it. Um, Activision's back catalog, I think, is a is a very interesting one. Because a lot of the... It's like, it's a lot of Call of Duties. Uh, Guitar well, I Heroes. I we're going to get
1: some Call of Duty remasters. Like, they're going to start plucking from that. It's going to be like you know modern warfare 3 or 2 or whatever they've it was they've done that, them they've done them <laughs> they did the first one right but they haven't remastered 2 or 3 have they they've done th- yeah they've done they've done at least two of them oh, well i i suspect there'll still be some of those uh call of duties in the mix for remasterification but again this isn't remakes you know, I'm I'm much more into the remake than the remaster personally, but well just wait till
2: my story of the week then, Jeff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: let's get right to it. What is your story of the week, Christian? You know how you love remakes and not remasters. Well, how do you feel about legendaries? Um, we finally mm-hmm. got the much rumored Mass Effect Legendary Edition announcement with a release date and console release and what it is, and it is a remaster. But kind of like a – it's a remaster with like new fondant on it a little bit, right? Like
1: <laughs> they, they changed some I stuff. I think you're mixing your metaphors quite a bit there, pal, but I, I I appreciate it.
2: Everybody watches Great British Bake Off and everybody knows what fondant is and everybody knows that that's how you patch up a hole in the cake. Like it's not that hard
1: to figure oh, I know. You, out. You no know, one remasters a cake. You said remastering with fondant. Anyway, that's yes. Okay go ahead Dude. i know i get it fondant it's delicious let's go yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to put a speed bump in there
2: yeah a speed bump made out of fondant because it gets harder to <laughs> leave it out <laughs> um so it is a remastering with a few tweaks they're changing some things about one and you know they, they've released this whole list of things that they are changing um but I think the, for me the most interesting thing is that it's not coming out until May. You know, Mary, we talked about in the beginning, like announce release. May feels a long time from now, and it's May also
1: coming. Is the actual date?
2: Yeah, May fourteenth, and it's coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, and available on current gen consoles via back compatibility. But currently, no announcement of like an extra judge. Um, right. You know, no, like, piping, you might say, keeping it in the cake.
1: (laughs) But they do say that there will be much quicker load times. You'll be standing in, you know, uh, elevators a lot less time. The buildings Uh, are smaller is what it is. They're much shorter buildings. (laughs) HDR support and 4K resolutions. I'm sure all of that is going to look sharper on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S than it will. Even though it's not specifically made for those, I'm sure... But uh, because just, of those, those systems just are made for that.
2: To me, uh, it just feels like, I think this is a big announcement. I think like, people are very excited for it. But And I realize a lot of people still can't buy PS5s and Xbox Series consoles. But May feels far away and this.
1: I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting except for more, if that makes sense. Mary, when you saw this announcement, or I don't know how much of a Mass Effect fan you are, but um, first- Tell us if you're excited about this at all. And secondly, if this sort of lives up to the promise of better versions of the classic Mass Effect trilogy.
0: Yeah, that's a tough question for me because I haven't played this trilogy. I've observed other people play it. I watched um, my friend Nina play through this series on Twitch. Um, I think what's cool about the Mass Effect series is that it's really fun to watch other people play. It. It's kind of like watching someone and you're watching a movie. Um, Uh, It's very cinematic. Everybody has a very different experience Um, and chat can get involved. It's really fun to have people um, tell you which choices to make and whisper in your ear, how to like, um, you know, do well with a character that you want to get in good graces with. It's pretty exciting. And you can choose. Talking about
1: love scenes, y'all.
0: Maybe, you know, <laughs> I've heard this is a, a family show.
1: It is. It <laughs> Who is, it knows? is Who knows
0: what I'm saying. But yes, totally. Uh getting in on that good stuff. And I think it's it's a very joyful game to watch other people play. Um and it's very exciting. So I think the idea of doing this will make a bunch of streamers probably replay through the series again. And that'll be something I can't wait to watch again. But my question is is like, will even though the branches different every time you play because there's so many different ways to play the game um what is the what is the draw that brings us back to playing it like did you give people enough to say yes i'm going to play through this game again it doesn't sound at least to christian it doesn't sound like it was enough for you to want to play through it again
2: yeah i mean all they needed to say was ray tracing, and I would have played it
1: again. <laughs> uh, I wonder how uh, hard it would be to throw that into an old engine like that. Well, right, because it's
2: still the original, or Unreal 3, I think it was built yeah. around. And so I, I get the limitations, but to me, these games were very epic. And they're I appreciate them, but they are not my favorite series. So it's not like going back to hang out with old friends again. Um, I, I I don't feel... Compelled with what they've added, but Jeff, I know that you were, you know, high and low on some of them. Is this enough for you to go drive the Mako around again? And,
1: and well, get out I there? was always very critical of these these the series too. I mean, people hold them as you know their favorite franchise of all time, and I I was always much more a Dragon Age guy than a Mass Effect guy. Um, not that there had to be a dichotomy there, but that just as those games are kind of coming out from BioWare at the same time, I always preferred the Shades of Gray of the Dragon Age games to the sort of Paragon or what's the, uh, Vanguard, right? Vanguard? Paragon and Vanguard. Anyway, the good guy, bad guy, light and dark roles of, of uh, Mass Effect. And I played through all three of those games. Uh, I appreciated them. But yeah. I'm not, you know, chomping at the bit to do it again. I think HDR and 4k is pretty slick. I think I was looking at somebody put together a literally a shot by shot of the trailer that they released. You can look and see the, literally each shot in the trailer with the original version as it was released. And it's pretty dramatic. Most of the, I mean, there's a few shots where it doesn't really, you can't really tell much has been done, but a lot of it is much crisper. You can see a lot more texture. Um, the, the models themselves, in, in a few cases, the faces look much less disturbing, You know, much less uncanny valley. Uh, And a little more, you know, human, like uh, the humans in particular. The aliens always looked good, but the humans in that game sometimes looked a little weird. But um, so, yeah, there's, you know, there are improvements and all of the DLC, right? All of it, every single bit of the DLC that was released throughout that entire trilogy. That's like, what, 377 episodes? It's insane. (laughs) 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 I see what you did there. Um, No, I mean, I think... I think that's a pretty um, interesting package. And the fact that it's going to support ultra-wide monitors. I love that on PC as a big proponent of ultra-wide. So that's that's a plus. But no, I, you know, I think this is cool. I think fans of Mass Effect are going to dig it. And people that have never played these games are going to have an opportunity to play them in a way that looks contemporary. And I think that's great. But I'm definitely much more interested in the, you know shadows of the Colossus or Final Fantasy sevens of the world, where we really are remaking that old content rather than just, you know, giving it some fondant. So to speak,
2: (laughs) I I say all that. Um, and I won't talk about this later, so I'll mention it now. I say all that, but then when God of war 2018 got patched with 4k and 60 frames per second, I was like, this is a current gen game. This is so bad. I'm playing this whole game again. I mean, Mass Effect wasn't
1: made for the PlayStation 4. You know, it was made for earlier. Right,
2: but I'm just saying, like, that is – I understand that if this is enough for you, if you're a big fan of the franchise, like, that was enough for me for God of War. If I was Mm – anyway, Fondant is what I'm saying. I'm saying –
0: I actually (laughs) think Fondant is a really good thing to say about this because – Fondant doesn't taste good. It is strictly (laughs) to cover up mistakes and to make something look presentable to the public. It's not meant to be consumed. You fold it off of the cake and then you eat good cake. So in this sense, they're putting some stuff on it that will hopefully let people dive into the same white sheet cake they've been eating (laughs) for years.
1: (laughs) Christian, Mary just fixed your metaphor for you.
2: Oh, I didn't want to jump on you when you said fondant tasted good. I just let that slide. But yes, fondant is what you make so you can make something that's not a cake look like a cake, right? Like someone right now is making a Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and then they're going to cut it. And we're going to be like, it's cake! Like, that's I think, what it's for.
1: I think what we've revealed is that I'm a pie guy.
0: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> has pie at a wedding, Jeff.
1: Okay. So <laughs> Jeff. True. Jeff. No, I don't, this don't is like a, weddings. <laughs> this, is,
2: <laughs> this is a lattice crust. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's just, uh, you know.
1: Uh, all right. Now now I understand. Now I all are. right. Uh let's get to my story of the week, which uh is a rumor, but a pretty fascinating one that I want to talk about. Uh evidently the much anticipated the the much rumored apple vr ar headset has been leaked or at least details have been leaked uh, and a lot of a lot of news outlets picked this up a lot of a lot of major news outlets picked it up so i it leads me to believe that the leak has at least some sense of credibility and it's a uh, pretty fascinating the idea is that there will be an Apple VR headset, not just an AR headset, a VR-only headset that will be coming out, uh, I think, in 2022. Yeah, 2020. Oh, no, wait. No, this will be announced this year, 2021, supposedly, according to the leak. And that will be setting up the AR headset for 2022. And this VR headset will have uh, a billion D cameras in it uh, two ultra high resolution 8k displays. Uh, it's supposed to have a, more than a dozen cameras in it uh, for tracking it's supposed to have uh, eye tracking so it looks back at your eyes so it can track where your eyeballs are looking uh, in the image so th- there's a lot of really cool effects that can or benefits to the to that technology but there isn't really any consumer VR headset that does it yet. Um it has a $400
2: stand, $800 wheels. Um what else does
1: it? <laughs> well, no, the the rumored price tag according to this leak is $3,000. Now, the comparison here is to something more like the HoloLens, which Microsoft is selling HoloLens 2 for 3500, which really isn't aimed at the consumer level. It's a it's a uh, uh what do they call it? Um Uh, enterprise it's an enterprise product it meant for big corporate use uh it meant for development it's it's not really an end user sort of average person kind of even product it's to set up to build content for to show off the tech for the eventual consumer product and that's evidently the way apple is going to do this But Mary, I'm curious. I don't know what you're feeling about VR. I'm a huge VR fan. So I'm excited about a company making basically the Ferrari of VR headsets. Like, yes, two 8K. I mean, supposedly the rumor was that like the, the chip in this thing, which is more like a Quest type standalone product. The chip in this thing is so powerful. It's powerful than the fastest, more powerful than the fastest Mac right now. And that I will need to have. A fan in the headset to cool it. <laughs> but I'm all for this, man. I don't, I don't know anything that can power 16K of pixels, right? Two 8K displays at the same time. But go for it, Apple is my opinion. But $3,000, you know, also makes me blush a bit. So tell me what your take on this, this crazy rumor is. It's just
0: such an exorbitant. Amount of money to put into something that's going to attach to your phone and record everything that you're doing. I think (laughs) that Apple has a history of making the Rolls Royce of items and they are good at that and they also make them stylish and sleek but when it comes to VR, you want to attach those pieces to a piece of machinery that's going to really be able to handle it and take you to a cool location. That's what works really well with um, a lot of the VR pieces. I would have assumed that this is something they would want you to use with your iPhone so that you can utilize it with all of their other stuff. And then that's not going to be a very Valuable use of a three thousand dollar (laughs) peripheral, like those are some those are some AirPods, you know. Like that's a lot to ask of a consumer. I suppose I'll have to test it. This is something that probably like would have been a wonderful thing to see at a CES or something where you'd get to like actually experience it. The old try before you buy. But I am not convinced in by any stretch of the imagination after you know buying a couple pieces of VR equipment for a thousand dollars and swallowing that chestnut that I would put three K down to hope that they're gonna have the games behind this. I don't I don't I'm my eyes are squinty. I'm not there. I don't feel I think that's
1: probably pretty wise. Uh I on the other hand (laughs) I'm (laughs) looking to (laughs) looking (laughs) to pick up an extra job to pay for this thing. So if anybody's hiring a slightly used podcaster uh, I am available and looking to put some money in the piggy bank for when this thing drops. Um, you you make really good points, from my perspective, about the software side, which seems like Apple isn't really... This is like putting it out so that, you know, if if they build it, they will come. The Field of Dreams version of, of VR software management. And, you know, if it's Apple, maybe they really will come. To the field of dreams, but you know, it, it is a big bite to take, especially because Apple's not super friendly with, you know, anybody putting software on their platform. So uh, the idea of like playing half-life Alex on this or some just like, it'll hook up to steam VR is probably not super likely. It'll probably be a walled garden like every other Apple product. So that bums me out that all of this great software that's already out, all this great VR Gaming software that's already available may not even be compatible. This thing—it's a lot of assumptions. But Christian, uh, what do you think? Three K, two eight K displays, twelve cameras—sounds like a deal. Sounds like a a bargain, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. So if you break it down, there's
2: uh okay, sixteen K of display, okay for three K of dollars. That's like fifty cents per K of display, which
1: <laughs> that's makes- a great per K <laughs> cost. I I, I say.
2: I mean, you you look at that and, and a fan, like, you know, maybe your house doesn't have AC. So you got a headset with a fan. It's like one of those Disney
1: hats, like, you know, like it makes. That is what I'm imagining is the propeller on the top, <laughs> you know, like the old it, dunce cap. It, um, it is a lot
2: of money. These are all just rumors. You, you know, they seem fairly credible um the thing that i guess surprises me the most about them is that it is talk of a closed vr style headset where i was expecting apples to be more and i know this is the precursor of the ar but i think that's much more what they're interested in with lidar and what it does in the ipad pro and the new iphone 12 pro i think has the lidar 12 pro yeah um and like that tech is really impressive so i'm very curious you know what this leads to but i I'd honestly be surprised if Apple released a closed-off VR headset. Uh, clearly, these rumors point otherwise, but that market's already pretty niche. I know the Oculus 2 sold very well and had a good uh, fourth quarter, but still, in the grand scheme of things, fairly niche. And then you put 3K price tag on it, that becomes fairly quiche. You know, like it's even smaller than niche.
1: Um, <laughs> you are... Going for it tonight, you know what? Uh, Big swings. The the more Big egg swings. you put in
2: something, the the smaller it becomes. I think is how it works. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I, I'm super curious. I I love I love I love I love Apple products. I I use a lot of them. Um, you and I had a tweeting back and forth about the uh AirPod Max. they over ear. The cans. The new cans yeah. they released, and it's like. wildly overpriced it's so expensive so to me 3k is is a stopper like i can get a 77 inch lg oled 4k 120 hertz hdmi 2.1 for like 2500 right now that feels like a lot and i would use that
1: way more than i would use this headset so 3k yeah. is just too much it's too much well see, what they do is they they leak out the 3k price tag and then six months from now when they announce it and it's like 1800 people are like
0: it's so cheap <laughs> you know? apple's got you when 1800 is like that is so affordable <laughs> i can get that in six payments or less i got this the way right.
2: they, get- they are masters in my opinion of like the new uh macbook air is only 999 that's expensive That's you know that's it's, it's a good computer with the m1 chip is a good computer and then you go and look at it. and you're like well I'm clearly gonna upgrade the ram okay well i need a bigger ssd okay i'm gonna add the, and it's like oh now it's four thousand dollars well, i've already decided on buying this i'm not not gonna buy you i'm yeah. in it
1: they're really good at that i got a second SSD. mortgage in my house now <laughs> but you know what it, for good vr headsets <laughs>
0: I bet it will only work with AirPods. I bet it will only work with all of their little extra bits. And it's going to yeah. take it a very specific adapter to get it to work. Uh, and they're just going to get you. And you're going to have these two giant bags full of shiny Apple products that look really nice when you take them out of the container. And and then they got you. They got gotcha. gotcha, you yeah. all you guys. I'm an Android, I mean, I not.
1: believe it. Uh, you know, uh, they've gotten me before. I've been wanting to. There are things that will happen, you know, like the, the short period where, like, you know, uh, Project X Cloud and stuff wouldn't work on Apple products for a while. And I was like, oh, leave Apple. And then I go, well, I'm so hot committed to all the um, Apple universe that I've found myself in. I, I can't, I can never leave you, Apple. Lean your, lean your head, Jeff,
2: one way. Oh, never mind. There is one. I thought there was room in the center for another VR headset, but no. Oh, and
1: that's not all the VR headsets. There's two more up there. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the the PSVR is in the other room. It's bad. It's a sickness. I'm not proud of myself. It is not improved my marriage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quote, unquote. Uh, VR is dope. Like it's a really cool escape and it's just a wonderful hobby for so many people. And it's done a lot for people in various ways. I mean, whether it's um, helping people with disability or um, helping people in this very dark time, be able to escape their place. One of the most incredible experiences last year, my game of the year um, was Half Life Alex last year? Because I was able to transport myself out of this living room and have an adventure, and it was mind, it was it was yes. life changing, honestly. And I still to this day say, if you, if there is anything that can sell VR to you, it's Half Life Alex. It is that good of an experience, so you don't have to sell me on VR. But yeah. Apple, I don't trust you, and you do weird stuff, and you cost thousands of dollars. And you do you just do the weirdest stuff? You don't make it adaptable for anyone else. It's not, it's not for the everyday man. It's like this very elite thing. And it, like the idea of these cameras. Why are all these cameras on here? Where are they being faced? You prove to me I need these because I would get a discount one with like half the cameras. I'll get half the K. Let's do half the K. <laughs> do we need it.
1: You're, you you want like the uh, the iPhone like the you know the. The 256 the gig or the 500 gig for, yeah you want half the case i'm just saying mary i love by the way love that you loved half-life hours it was also my game of the year last year but imagine it with two 8k displays
0: i mean it's not God. necessary
1: oh but it would be so so sweet so crisp what what computer would drive that well, that's what they're saying. The rumor is that it's this, you know, Apple's making their own silicone now. They're, they've got these uh, fancy, like, what are the? Yeah, the 6 nanometer M- M- or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, so it's like these incredible processors that literally have to be cooled on your face. It's
0: a so, you know, giant fan, that There you go. <laughs> a 10-pound fan.
1: In that part in Half-Life, Alex, when the wind blows you, you've already got the effect. Virtual reality. <laughs> Virtual reality. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm actively looking for work to afford this. So, And don't tell my wife. <laughs> All right. Uh, let us Let's get to the games that we have been playing because there's a lot of them. Um, but first, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is ExpressVPN. How did you choose your internet provider? Uh, let me guess. You didn't. You used the only one that you could get. And that's the sad thing. Most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions that they serve, and they use this monopoly power to take advantage of their customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, list goes on and on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all my devices with ExpressVPN, and I've been doing it for a long, long time, before they were ever a sponsor. So what is ExpressVPN? Well, it's a simple app for your computer or your smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the Internet. Every site you visit, every video you watch, every message you get is tracked by ISPs or other tech giants so they can sell your information for profit. That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, you tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all this without slowing your connection. That is why I picked ExpressVPN years ago as my VPN of choice because it's fast. And it's also why it's the number one rated VPN service by CNET and Wired. Prenec- excuse me, protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash dlc, and you can get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash dlc. To learn more, expressvpn.com slash dlc. It's time to talk about the games that we have been playing this week. Mary, what have you been playing?
0: Um, I have been playing Yakuza, my first Yakuza. It's very fun. I've never yeah. played a Yakuza. I've always wanted to play a Yakuza. When I tweeted, what's a good Yakuza? I had like 500 replies, all different. <laughs> All different games.
1: <laughs> That's not helpful.
0: Yeah. And I sifted through and found that Yakuza 0 was a good entryway into this series that kind of helps explain a little bit about the story. It's got a lot of fun silliness to it, apparently, um, and uh, has kind of some of the classic elements uh, that everybody really loves about that series. And so I... I gave it a whirl and it's really, it's really fun. It's, it's everything everyone said it was. I'm so glad to hear
1: that. I, I am also like you. I never have played a Yakuza. Uh, I'm assuming you did this because they have shown up on game pass, right? Is that why you're, why you're jumping in now? Or is it just because you'd heard so many good things about it?
0: It's, but it's a little bit, a, a little bit B. have keep, everyone keeps telling me to play it. And I was always like, I think intimidated because it's such a big series. There's so many games. I was like, I'll never be able to catch up and I'm not dealing with all that, like all that lore crap, (laughs) you know, all that lore crap. Anyway, I, uh, when it was on game pass, it kind of was a, like a breath of fresh air. Like, Oh, maybe like the, some of them will be better. And so I, I've been told that Yakuza zero works. You don't have to play all the other ones. You'll understand what's going on. It's just a silly entryway. And so far, although I am early in, um, it is an absolute blast and it is super worth it. And so I think I probably will have to come back to you with a full report card. Um, uh, but at this, at this juncture, I would tell you that it's a pretty fun game and I would recommend it to other people who have never played a Yakuza before.
1: Now, I, I know you haven't played any of the other Yakuza's, but are you finding that zero is what you had hoped where it's not loading you down with a bunch of lore? Are you kind of following the story as, as you go on?
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's starting me out really well. It is a different, um, it hasn't given me any story where i'm like i have no idea who that is but some people have told me like there's like little secrets around but not to me but it doesn't it doesn't impede my experience at all um i've always been i've seen clips from this game so i know it's filled yeah. it's riddled with mini games but the mini game that it threw me into was super reasonable for me to figure out over time christian you would like it cuz it was kind of like guitar hero it was like um <laughs> You're doing karaoke and then to do karaoke well, you just have to hit the right button at the right time. And the better you do it, the better at karaoke you are. But it doesn't give you any like – it doesn't set you up for this. It's not like – there's no tutorial where it's like, this is how you do it. It's just like you're singing now. Like (laughs) get it. And and I'm hitting triangle and X and square and trying to figure it out. And it it was just a kind of a joy. Uh, It seems like everybody uh, – I was streaming it. So everybody who was playing it with me, it just felt like everybody was having a good time alongside of me it didn't feel like everyone was suffering or like wondering what was going on we were all just along for this ride and i think if you have that mindset which is just like i don't know what's gonna happen i bet you there's gonna be a mini game uh you know where i'm like (laughs) fighting a street sweeper i don't know what's gonna happen but like if you have that enjoyment you'll you'll have a good experience the other really cool thing is the combat which um <clears throat> you, like, level up this bar, and then when you hit a button, you do a special, and the special is totally different based on if you have something in your hand or if you're in a weird environment. Like, the first time I picked up this... um can of nails and I used the special and I thought I'll probably just dink them in the head with it. Um, but I put them in the dude's mouth and I kicked him, and it was Ooh. really stressful, but it was just very exciting. Yes. And like, I was just like, Oh dang, like I, I'm gonna kill this dude. And like <laughs> this other time I was in a hallway with a window and I hit my special and I, I pushed him out the window. I was just kind of this really neat experience that no matter where you are or what you have, you're going to have a very unique set of results. Um, so I think even if you did play it before, you probably wouldn't have expected some of this wild stuff to happen. And that's a really cool experience that this game does. You're never really prepared for what this game's going to throw your way.
1: That's awesome. I I have, we have friends. I think Christian Garnett is like a huge Yakuza fan. I remember him talking about it for years and years and it still never got me to actually try any of these games. But now that I'm on Game Pass, maybe I will uh, check out Yakuza Zero. Thought, yeah. Did you ever <laughs> play
2: it? I thought you were going to say now that Mary recommends it. Now it's just like, how deep is that knife going into Garnet's
1: back right now? Yeah, Jeff? yeah, yeah. Somebody, now that say- I, somebody I actually trust uh, is recommending it.
2: <laughs> so last week you tell me you never do any of the things I recommend. This week you say oh, you no, never no. do any of the things that Je-
1: that Garnet recommends. You no, know, again, it's about trust mm-hmm. and uh, you know actually thinking the person has good taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it takes a stone cold stranger to really shake it up, yeah, it make him really think twice about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you ever play any of the accusa games christian
2: i have probably played in total four hours of of over a four games where it's like right. I, this is the one and then or like i'll buy it and be like this is the one i'm going to stream for saint jude this year and then people will be like no that's not the one we picked and i was like oh easy to set aside um i i probably should and probably would love them but it, it is just this um they're they're big and and i don't have a good excuse i just haven't done it i've been mean, like same with uh plague's tale innocence i've had it yeah. downloaded on all of my things and i'm like today's the day i play it uh maybe i'll go re-download Fortnite. <laughs> like i just find other excuses
1: it is cool that all these accused games are on game pass now it is does make it a lot simpler to give it a shot so maybe i yeah. will yeah Glad to hear you're enjoying it, Mary. That's awesome. Are you do you think that you'll stick with the series and play more than just 0?
0: Um yeah, I think I'm going to see how this experience treats me and then, you know, like go through all the motions with it because it it was quite a <clears throat> tumultuous playthrough. the boss was really hard it took me so long and i don't know if that's normal or if i'm bad so i'm kind of sussing it out like what if it gets really really difficult to get through these boss sequences it's 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 hard to describe but it was like he got really tough with the basic uh, moves that i had learned and it took me i i think over five tries it's not like like Dark Souls level, but I mean it was stressful. I was sweating and I <laughs> could not beat this guy. And so I'm very curious to see what it's gonna be like when it's done. But from my first my first playthrough, I am enjoying it and I can't wait to play it again. Like it was it it was a joy so far.
1: Awesome. That's great. Great to hear. Uh what else is on your playlist?
0: Um, I'm also doing the steam game fest demos and I got floppy nights. I'm a little early into that too, but it's like a card dungeon. Um, I don't know, RPG where you're kind of like throwing cards down to fight opposite cards, card game, but Mm. not card game. Um, it's cute. I like the aesthetics of, um, kind of almost like a, it looks like a painted world's cute little textures and, um, what would you say that? Where it's like it's probably going to have some tough moments, but it's got such an adorable aesthetic that you can't get mad at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now, Floppy Nights. Yeah, it's it's got that like uh, almost like Saturday morning cartoon kind of look to it. It's uh, it's it, it it does look cool. Um, I found the entire Steam Game Festival to be absolutely overwhelming. How did you how did you select Flappy Nights as a game that you would give a try to? There's just it's like unbelievable that a there's this number of games just even in development. It just just seems incredible. It's awesome. It's a it's a you know, it's an over um abundance of riches, but it is also very crazy to like how do I even parse this in C of games?
0: You're a thousand percent right. Much like Steam itself, it's crammed so much stuff in there, you can't navigate it anymore. Getting on Steam, I'm trying to like get my years right, but getting on Steam like 10 years ago was life-changing. It was like, oh, I've made it. Now, like there's so much stuff on there. I can't find when something's good or not. And the game demos are the same um i live in portland floppy nates is made by portland dev and i wanted to support them so um i like playing indie games i actually do play indie games most mondays and i seek out um local studios that i think are nice and are doing nice things so this is made by rose city games and so that's how i found it mm, so not right. standard i didn't like suss it out through that steam store which would probably have been an absolute mess and i agree with you like it, it was very difficult for me to find every time i do it i end up like googling steam demo that has dogs in it and i just kind of <laughs> hope that google will solve it for me cuz i don't find it through steam
1: well, the this the front end for the uh Game Festival, the Steam Game Festival was pretty wild. It has like you can narrow things down by subgenres and visuals and viewpoint themes and moods. It's like we have so many games. There's so much that you can try that the just the the like database of games. And then there's, you know, they're doing live plays of a lot of them. It, it's a wild thing to go through at a certain point I was like how do any of these games make any money at all? That's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, it sounds it sounds like, a, it looks like a really cool one. I didn't try Floppy Nights, nice, but it does look like it would be my jam. I love card battle games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you're, you were digging it?
0: Yeah, it's cute so far. Um, it's just a demo, so I think yeah. it probably needs um, a little bit more of for, but what I've played so far. It's really cute and um, kind of my style, right, of... Um, turn day so you're kind of like you get to take your time you're not stressed out about it but there is some challenge that you have to like noodle on to like make sure you can get through everything but uh, yeah it seems kind of like uh, what would you call it? like a cozy game like a yeah. a cash like fun I'll play this before bed um, because I can relax you know the opposite like when I used to play like amnesia I used to play a game like floppy nights before I went to bed so that I had some separation between <laughs> nightmares and going to sleep
1: that sounds good That's a good thing to have a buffer there between your nightmares. Um, Awesome. Uh, Christian, you've been playing some Steam Game Festival stuff, haven't you? I have the first one I want
2: to talk about is, um, Foregone. So Jeff, this is where you get to have a little bit of time to queue up our, um, <clears throat> our little jingle that perfectly describes, um, the Steam Games Fest. You mean, uh, you mean that one? That's <laughs> the one. That's the one. so Foregone is on the Steam Game Fest. There's a demo you can download and it is, um, dead cells, but not roguelike. It's like it's not a Metroidvania um, but graphically it looks a lot like Dead Cells like beautiful pixel art animation really awesome colors and you are getting new gear and you know kind of diabloing through it but it's side scrolling um as you're collecting this stuff and, and and gearing up leveling up as you're making your way through this but it's not a roguelike like the thing i complained about Dead Cells I'm like i love this game but that randomization takes me out of it because it's like, no, no, no. I know what I need to finish this game. I need these two weapons and five more chances. Like that's that's what I need. And foregone isn't that. And I was like, this is a, oh my God, this is going to be it. This is a demo. I'm so excited for this game. I want to read everything about it. And then I Google it and it's been out for
1: a year, <laughs> like on says, Switch. Oh, it says release date March 1st. On Steam. Okay. Uh, I see. But it's, it's been it's, on it's, on Switch. Okay. It's been on
2: another platform, and like two many games. Like, this, like yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, I was loving this demo. Really, really loving this demo. I wish there was a little better hit detection. Where, like, on in Dead Cells, it's abundantly clear when you're taking damage, and in Forgone, I. I times i thought i was getting a dodge in, and, and then like a counter it actually i saw my health bar go down so there are some things about it where now i know that like oh it's out and think maybe it's not quite as polished as as dead cells ended up being but Wait, my so main,
1: it went down in your estimation because it had been out and you hadn't heard about it
2: well not well i don't think i think what i'm playing is less of a demo and it's a demo and not like a pre-alpha game footage you know what i mean like i'm playing a small slice of a finished game and not a oh this is going to be great when they finish it kind Mm -hmm. of approach
1: gotcha that
2: said still awesome still a good chance i buy it on switch (laughs) (laughs) because it's already out and it's like a perfect switch game again beautiful pixel art and i can just kind of run it and and know the levels and know as i'm kind of upgrading my gear to get through it but again you know mary talked about finding games on steam. And then just, there are so many games And this. I'm going to say something that I'm being sarcastic about, but apparently anyone can make a beautiful game. Now that's what it seems like, like a beautiful, well-made game. Anyone can do. I I know that's not true, but there are so many, so many beautiful, well-made games. And I think if you are like me and foregone is right up my alley, like made for me, um, and you also missed it, check out the free demo or, you know, if you can find it on sale somewhere or watch some videos of it, it's it's a very compelling, beautiful pixel art game that gets rid of that randomization that a lot of um, the um, roguelites have. It's called Foregone. It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I was trying to articulate when we were talking about, you know, just the selection process of the Steam Games Festival is everything looks good. You know everything looks good, and you browse through, and it's like, how do I even allocate my time to what is was the hundreds of free demos? You know, not even, not even selecting which game to buy, but they're, they're all sitting out there waiting for me to try them. And there's so much, so even in the these very particular subgenres, there's so much. Like, oh, this is exactly the kind of thing I like, and there's like, well, there's six of those. It's it's just wild how how much of a concentration of high quality stuff and it's exciting like these indie games are super exciting because many of them have art styles or um uh approaches that are really different than you'll get with big triple a development and i want to support that i think it's it's phenomenal and it's very exciting to check it out but man there is so much of it which Um,
2: brings me to the other one i want to talk about these are the two i'm going to pick from the um Uh, the game fest narita boy which i saw a trailer for with texting with a couple of friends who also like these (coughs) um pixel art retro kind of inspired games you know the
1: the world right
2: yeah celeste dead cells um we got i got a text of the switch trailer and i was like this looks right up my alley this looks incredible coming out this spring i'm so excited we're all like we're gonna buy it we're gonna buy it then i was like well i'm going to sit down here at the steam game fest and see there's a demo for this on the i'm going to i'm able to play this right now part of this holy crap there were times where i was like i need to stop playing this demo cuz i want this game it is based on just the demo also it's coming it's to narita boy narita boy also coming to game pass <clears throat> excuse me um just absolutely stunning animation and art aesthetic that's kind of like this synth wave you know visual neon soaked um, world where you go into a computer to i guess like it, it's become corrupted and the, the fictional steve jobs or wozniak character in the real world forgot how to code it and it's like there's fun narrative stuff going on um between like the real world and your character in the game it's kind of um last
1: starfighter is that what's What's yeah. the 80- yeah? Last yeah, time? where they pull you into the video game, yeah,
2: yeah, where that happens to a kid, and just the art style and the aesthetic and the story is kind of, and I, and I mean this in a good way, kind of weird, where it's like the cre- the maker is doing this, and Cedar is, the- and it's like kind of these terms and these names, you're kind of thrust into this world that's clearly existed, but you're learning about it again with this beautiful pixel art, neon, Looks a
1: bit like um, Sword and Sorcery. Uh, the old or sword, you know, sword. What was it called? Sword and the,
0: the, the yeah, game. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that like kind of extended, like elongated uh, figures that they used in that game. That style. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and the the
2: version of the game the kid in the game is playing looks even like it's you know it's like an Atari style game. But then you go into the world and you have it's just awesome. You pick up your neon sword. You've got your dash. your unlocking moves and and just. Again, Narita Boy, I was absolutely blown away by this game, by this demo, and by the trailer, and too many games. (laughs) So beautiful.
0: I'm looking through the photo, like, I'm trying not to get spoiled. I'm looking through just like images um, on Google, and some of the screenshots of this game are absolutely stunning, like, cyberpunk wishes. It looked this lush and like interesting. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you though, because I can't see it from these images. What's the gameplay? What do you What do you do?
2: Yeah, do you do so it, it's 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 combat. It's hack and slash is a little, I think, um, playing it down. And I, I imagine you unlock more stuff as you go, but you know you haven't there's some platforming you have an air dash, uh, where you're, you're kind of puzzle platforming and then there are enemy encounters where you have your sword and you can dash through them and strike them. And as as you unlock. So it feels like it's kind of a, you know, side-scrolling melee combat game again, but with these beautiful visuals on top of it, that I think elevate it from something else. And then the story that it's telling, I think is super compelling and interesting. So it's kind of got all of those components on top of it. Um, it's easily one to watch for me and worth watching a little bit of video just to see the gameplay in motion because it is it is absolutely stunning
1: yeah it looks like its release is targeted as early 2021 so no more specific than that but this is uh studio coba and published by team 17 so um team
2: 17 has been rocking recently yeah too.
1: yeah uh narita boy uh, n-a-r-i-t-a-b-o-y narita boy is the name of that one um i clearly went way farther down the rabbit hole than either of you guys did uh during oh, I this played a lot more i tried to just suss out <laughs> oh well maybe i'll try to be jeff, uh, you,
0: jeff do you have too many games
1: i do have too many games. i do i do uh but i'll try to i'll try to pick out just the the, the best of the best from from my list um i'll start with uh, my favorite two that i played uh, having not played any of the ones you guys have brought up yet, because again, there's just so many to choose from. But uh, the the one I immediately gravitated to first and foremost uh, was a game called Rogue Book, which is a game I have been very much looking forward to. And I was super excited to get to play an early version. You can actually buy the pre-alpha, I think now. But um, this is the game, I think I've mentioned it on the show when I first heard about it. It's a game that is being made uh, by the folks that did Faria, which I found really late, but absolutely fell in love with. And they're collaborating with Richard Garfield, Richard Garfield, the guy who invented magic, the gathering and basically invented, you know, trading card games as we know them today and has ruined a lot of high school lunches. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But also has, has numerous other games to his credit. I mean, Robo rally and the list goes on and on and on. He is, you know, I, I think a genius in the, in, in the game design world. And so I was very excited to see him working on this video game, which is card battling, card-based stuff, set in the Faria world, and which is this sort of storybook world. And boy, Roguebook did not disappoint. I immediately fell into this game and, and wanted to play more and more and more of it. A lot of features not available in the demo, but enough was there to make me super excited. So it is Slay the Spire type card battling game, very reminiscent of Slay the Spire in that it's a rogue light where you are trying to make your path deeper and deeper uh, into the progression, the the bosses of, of each level uh, and building your deck as you go. Like Slay the Spire, you build your deck. But the, the major design philosophy of Rogue Book that differentiates it from those games like Slay the Spire and lots of others, Monster Train and a lot of other games I've talked about on the show, is that in those games, those Slay the Spire-like games, part of what you're doing is whittling down your deck. You start with a deck, you acquire new cards as you go, and then you kill off cards. You remove cards from your deck because they're not as powerful as the cards that you're getting, and so you don't want to draw them in your hand as frequently as the powerful cards. You want the powerful cards to come up more often, so you're trying to cull your deck and get rid of lots of cards. Well... That's fun, but it is very, it's a very intense strategic layer that, is, that really is the differentiator between whether you get super far and Slay the Spire or don't. And the design philosophy that Richard Garfield went with for this game, Book, is the opposite of that. Get more cards. Get as many cards as you possibly can. In fact, the more cards you have in your hand, the more talents on the talent tree for your characters open up. And it's a fascinating departure because it really changes the play style. You're acquiring stuff all the time, which is very satisfying. Like getting rid of stuff is not really as satisfying. I um, tell my wife that all the time. I'm like, I need this box.
2: Yes. That Xbox yes. 360 box is satisfying. I, that's I, what, I,
1: that's <laughs> what I say about VR headsets <laughs> to my wife. Um, <laughs> getting rid of them is just silly. However, uh, I tell my kids the opposite. I totally yeah, tell okay. my kids the opposite. You got to get yeah, rid well, of that. You can't keep everything. They come into there's my no office. way to be a, there's no way to be a parent and not be a hypocrite. That's that's just the way it, It's just a combo package. Um anyway, this game is gorgeous. I love the art and it's got this fairy tale, it's in you know, a rogue book is the name of it and it's as if you're opening this book, this book of fairy tales and you it's this big a hexagonal grid of tiles. And uh you only see a very few of them. You see the destination tile where the boss is on that level, and you have a rudimentary path to get there, but there are a lot of unrevealed hex tiles on the the grid. And the only way to reveal them is to use your paintbrush to paint swatches of these hex tiles and reveal what those squares have. And the way you get paint for your paintbrush is by defeating enemies. So you're trying to, like, defeat enemies, acquire resources, buy new cards, get gems to slot into those cards, increase the number of cards you have, the power of the cards you have, and get more and more powerful so that you can eventually take on the boss of the level and get to the next level. So it's very, you know, Slay the Spire-esque. But just the the way you do that, the beauty of the land, the this, like, exploration layer where you're, you're not, you know, in Slay the Spire, it's like, well, do I go left or do I go right? And once you choose, then you're stuck in that, progression. Here you have many more options and you're kind of painting the field of play and revealing cool stuff. And you get to find there's maybe like a cool little story moment that you'll encounter or uh, a vendor or an, uh, more battles that may be more difficult and have better rewards. It's so good. It's so, so good. I'm super excited about Roguebook and I can't wait till it's released uh, as a full game. But yeah, that was the first <laughs> of my... My games in the Steam Game Festival. The second that I want to bring up is a game, Christian. I'm surprised you didn't try. Maybe you didn't know about it, but I think you would love it. It's called Blood Roots. Did you hear of this game? Uh it's out. Is it out? Mm, it's another game that's been out. Well, I hadn't played it and it's awesome. Uh, I, is it out on Switch? Is that is it? Is the Steam Gun Festival How like a bunch of games that are his out on Switch?
0: Childlike wonder. Yeah. You just lie to him. Let him, <laughs> let him enjoy <laughs> this moment of telling you about Blood Roots. Uh, I mean, it? He,
1: that's what I, he lives for, Mary. That's, you don't understand <laughs> our dynamic here. Tell that's me about this. For. Tell me about this game. Blood come out February of twenty twenty. It's a year games? old. When did it come out on Switch? Yeah, on, on PS4. Yep. All right. Well, I'm not talking about it then. It's not on a PC. It's cool, though. Man, that game's cool. Did you play it, Christian? Yep. Mm-hmm. You didn't talk about it on this show.
2: No, I did not because I was not that good at it. Um, All right. It's well,
1: punishing. I got more. I got more. It's punishing, but it's so cool. It's like really stylistic and wild. Anyway, <laughs> Blood Roots has been out for a year. So uh, news to me. Uh, it's almost like there are... To talk to know about. Um, okay, let me talk about a few more. Uh, this game called Timberborn, which is basically like what if uh, what if civilization but with beavers? What? That's been
2: out for ten, 10 years. Stop it.
1: that game's not out. Uh, you're gonna do this all, all episode. Um, Timberborn is uh, is is civilization, but with deformable terrain. It's almost like Minecraft meets civilization. So you're playing a civ game, a God game, but you're not doing it with human beings. You're doing it with beavers. And the beavers are able to, you know, chomp, chomp, chomp through the terrain and build, you know, deform the area so you can uh, actually have a lot more freedom in constructing your civilization. Pretty darn cool. That's called Timberborn. Um, and I, I went down the rabbit hole of playing a ton of sort of card battle games because i love them um a couple a couple of standouts one of them is a game called The amazing american circus which is uh, a card battling game but you're not battling monsters you're battling the audience at a circus and you're playing as the circus performers so the cards you're playing are like circus acts like juggle underneath your leg. And then the juggler will like juggle underneath the leg and the audience member will be like, Whoa, that was good. And if you lose the fight, the audience is like throwing fruit and rotten vegetables at you and angry. And so you're trying to defeat their expectation to be wowed. You have to like, wow them. Uh So the battle is in entertaining an audience rather than you know, violence, which is, I think, a really clever idea. The game looks really charming. You're traveling across America to different cities, getting new circus performers as, you know, decks of cards into your hand. And, you know, you have like the strong man who can buff people and you have the, uh, the clowns and you have the jugglers. And, and then you have like a super move and the super move in the demo is like it zooms back and there's a, yeah, a tightrope walker on a, um, on a unicycle. And so like the tightrope walker on the unicycle. So if you earn enough clout, you can activate your super move, which is like wowing the crowd with the tightrope walker on the unicycle. I just thought that was super charming. It's such a it's exactly to me the example of what indie games are, you know? Somebody was like, "We can do a card battling game, but we don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Everybody everybody's doing monsters and heroes and swords and laser pistols. Let's do circus acts and an audience." I just think that's i love it
2: this is a Um, game i have played in real life before the pandemic as a stand-up and there's nothing better than going into a city having people show up to your show paid whatever it is 20 bucks for tickets buy two drinks sit in the front row and cross their arms and scowl and i'm like you're so my super move was always a physical act out and sometimes it worked but sometimes it didn't but it's like you're here to have fun have fun so I don't know who these circus audiences are, but they should just lighten up, Jeff. They should.
1: You got to play this game, man, because you, you'll get some—you'll get some sweet new attacks that you could you could utilize in real life.
0: You know, <laughs> maybe there's a card of berating the audience. You paid to be here. <laughs> this is on you. Whether or not you laugh, think about your life.
1: There's a card that I was playing in this game. Uh, it was one of the clown's attacks where he literally breaks wind at the audience. So I don't know. Maybe try that. <laughs> i just want to try
2: safely re-entering the world i think is the first yeah, uh yeah, the first card first i need but yeah.
1: Yeah, way to make it real man all we right, were doing a riff
2: tell me about uh tell me about uh blood roots
1: stop <laughs> how dare you how dare you how dare you expose my lack of knowledge about all the games um no,
0: all of the games
1: so christian i heard you liked uh geometry wars back in the day i did like geometry Wars. That that game's been out for a while there's a game, uh, what if What if Geometry Wars, but now, uh, it's called Devastator. I was like, I'll play this. I, it looks like Geometry Wars. I'll play this for a couple minutes. Yeah, an hour later, I was like replaying the same demo level over and over and over again to try to get a higher score. Gorgeous. I mean, it looks like Geometry Wars, but it, it has almost like Pac-Man style things on the course. You know, it's got like, you know, imagine how Pac-Man has a maze. It's kind of like that. So you're playing Geometry Wars in a maze with features that you have to avoid. Pretty cool. It's called Devastator. Um, Dig it. Plays in ultra-wide on my monitor. Looks awesome. There's a game called Genesis Noir that's totally unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's like an art deco riff on jazz improvisation. Very hard to describe, but was cool. I recommend checking out Genesis Noir. Uh, and then a game, I think, Mary, I think you would like if you, you know, you were describing so, sort of um, relaxing sort of uh, games that you can just kind of take a load off and play. Uh, there's a game called Potion Craft that I found to be really, really compelling. You are playing the role of an alchemist crafting potions, and you actually have to discover the potions. You are operating a sort of medieval fantasy potion shop. And you have a garden where you can pick and cultivate various ingredients. You have a laboratory where you mix those ingredients together and discover different um, recipes. And the way you do that is you take the ingredients that you've picked in the garden. You can put them in your mortar and pestle and then mash them up. Or you can just plop them right into the cauldron. Then you stir the cauldron. And as you do each of these steps, as you select which ingredients to use, as you do all of the sort of mechanical prerequisites to creating a potion, it shows you this little map, this kind of flow chart of the processes that you're going through. And sometimes your process will lead you to another node that is a potion. And other times it will kind of just go on a goose wild goose chase and not lead to anything. So you're trying to find the nodes by, Doing the correct procedures, and then once you find the node, you discover the potion, and you've got that recipe. And then you go into your shop, and people come into your shop and are like, "Yeah, my husband is uh, having a real hard time with rats, and I want to give him a potion of poison to kill off the rats."
0: So, what potion can I (laughs)
1: use? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, So you can get like you know, give him a potion, and then you can haggle the price. So it's really simulating all the aspects of running a potion shop. Which doesn't sound particularly fun, but it's very. It was very chill. It's it's got this lovely little art style, this kind of abstracted, almost um, sketchbook look to it. I like it. It's called Potion Craft. That sounds uh,
0: super up my alley. Like yeah, I love I think you that. Did I love anything that's like uh, witch IRL learn how to be a witchy witch, make stuff, um, and give it to people to help them. There's lots of, like, things that that makes me think of, like maybe spirit Spiritfarer, where you're um, yeah. getting stuff from your garden and then you cook food with it and then you give it to people to make them happy. Um, you kind of did similar stuff in Stardew Valley. Like, this sounds like it's basically just the cooking part, which is a very fun element of those games. Um, yeah. Putting stuff together. Can you make dubious potions?
1: Yes. Yeah. You may, you can make all kinds of crazy. Th- you know, uh, very. Um, you know, as I said, poison and and dark stuff. And the the like I said that uh, that flow chart mm-hmm. visualization has mysterious looking little drawings on it. So there'll be like a graveyard. And if you you know your little node is getting close to the graveyard, it's like you're making something that's gonna <laughs> have some kind of scary effect. Uh, but you don't exactly know what that is, but you're kind of leading your, you know, putting the right ingredients and kind of heading that direction. So it's it it adds some sense of almost exploration or discovery to the whole process of going on my list. It's good. The my favorite thing about that game, by the way, is that you you can go into the store part and a customer can come in and be like, I need a health potion. And you cannot have a health potion, and they the game explicitly tells you they will wait not get angry and be super cool for as long as it takes you to go and pick the ingredients and figure out how to make the right potion for them. Like there's no, there's no pressure in this game at all. There's no like ticking clock. There's no, well, I'm going to leave if you don't have the right potion for me. I love games like that. Sometimes, you know, where it's just, it's just, it's just chill. Explore our systems, have fun in our game. We're not going to stress you out. And I, I, I need games like that sometimes. I could go on for, like, half, more half an hour of, of all the different games. There's, like, so many games in the SGF that I checked out. I did a whole bunch of VR games that I tried. But, you know, that's probably plenty. Christian, did you have you heard of this game called Hazel Sky? Has it been out for uh, uh, two years? It is a game
2: that I only heard about as I was pulling b-roll or covers to make you know the video version here um it looks beautiful though but i have not it played looks it like but your I, jam. I think it maybe is out on switch or is coming out because like you google and like switch trailers are everywhere and i can't because i don't know how often you guys follow i'm looking it up on my phone right now how often you follow like the switch releases and, and to, not at all i'm learning well shout out to the the cad cast uh my buddies over there they used to do a thing on their show where it was like uh real like cheap you would come up with a list of things and it's like real game or not and it was just like switch games <laughs> and it'd be like you know like things that fell into my bottom and that's not a real game no it is and it's out on switch it's two dollars and you're just like what the yeah. heck
1: it seems like so the big. only thing more dense than the yeah so this came out the Steam game library is the switch game library this came
2: out in at, at some in 2020 as well for nintendo switch <laughs>
0: seriously well the switch is like oh no a really wait
2: switch isn't out yet but
0: Story, because it's all about basically like they made a console and it's practically a mobile phone. So they had to find games for it. And the easiest way to do that was to ask indie developers to make games for their phone console. Um, so you have to make a game exclusively for Switch almost because it is so restrictive because you can't it, it, if you're making a game for Xbox, Switch and PlayStation, you're making a game for Switch. Because that's the hardest one to get it on. Ah. It's so ridiculous. And there's all sorts of like weird things that Nintendo did that make it really hard for indie developers to, or like developers to put a game on there. So all these indie developers made games for the Switch and now they're probably out and they're thinking to themselves, what can we do with this game? We're gonna put it on other stuff and we're gonna remarket it like it's the first time you ever saw it. we're gonna put some fondant on this and you're gonna be like, <laughs> this is a brand new experience. And they're doing it, and they got you. The I got fooled by the
2: fondant. That's so what happened. One, Hazel Sky might not be out. It is also hard because there are too many games that when they get announced and then because Jeff is right about everything, they've all been. Through, I don't. So, but this well, Hazel I'm Sky right looks beautiful, everything. and I really like the the art direction of it. Um,
1: man, there's so much though. What there's about so Hidden much. Deep? Did you, have you seen Hidden Deep? Is that a game that's been out for, uh, uh, Is is the entire Steam Games Festival a bunch no. of games that I should already know about? A lot you, of them. the worst part the worst part is that i literally looked at Bloodroots and was like boy i thought this game came out and then what it wouldn't be on the steam games festival as a as like a featured demo if it had been out somewhere else but i guess i you know you should see i'll send
2: you the screenshots of the text i was having with in our text group about uh being like this is the game they finally are making it someone's making dead cells but not it's
1: been out so hidden deep is a fascinating game about. Uh, it's like a 2D uh, action exploration game where you're using all these cool spelunking abilities to explore this creepy uh, cave that has monsters in it, and it's really wild. It's it's like super physics based. You use um, repelling lines, and you're it, you're really working the physics of the engine to explore these areas and try to survive. Uh, I got into that game as well. It's like Aliens or The Thing, um, but in 2D with this kind of cool art style. It's hidden deep. I, I played a ton of these games, y'all. That's what I'm saying.
0: I love it. All right. Did you play Noita?
1: Noita, that sounds familiar. Let me look it up.
0: It was also like, um, everyone was like, if you like Spelunky, you'll like that. Noita yeah. is um, a brilliant indie game. Oh, yeah where you travel down, but it's all physics. Hmm. Like, everything has an effect. Oh, yes. Accidentally light something on fire, and it explodes an enormous section of the entire level, and you're just like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. And I think if you like this, you would really like Noita. It's just, like, super addictive.
1: Yeah, this is the game that's, like, uh, literally everything is destructible. You you can blow a hole in the side of any level, or, you know, if if you're powerful enough, you can completely deform all of the geometry yeah
0: yeah and much like most explosions it's just like i didn't think it would be this big
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't mean to do that
0: Yeah, yeah it happens a lot i like that kind of stuff that makes me feel like i would like this too um obviously a little different but like i like the idea that you have carte blanche to do things in multiple different ways and really test the limits of um, what it might think that you're capable of doing in, in a space like this. So it's it's a yeah. cool concept. And also, spoop is it spoopy? Is it scary? Were you scared when you played it?
1: Oh, it's spoopy. Yeah, it's, too, it's super spoopy. I mean, I, I it's a game where you die a billion times, like you learn by dying. You know, I'm like, let's see how deep this hole is. Oh, I died. And then it's like, okay, I'll just walk over here. Oh, there's a monster coming out of a hole and it ate my face. And then, you, you know, and so it's a lot of that, which is great for, you know, Twitch streaming as well.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so what do we
1: think? I mean, before I end this segment, what do we think about this kind of thing? Do you think, I mean, I, I like the spotlight that indie games get in a situation like this, but it's a bit like drinking out of a fire hose. Do you think that there's, Mary, do you think that there's a better way to do this? Or do you think that it, it just open it all up and let people find what they find?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, we were talking about a little bit how indie games are so brilliant because they tend to do things in a different way. We were talking about that circus game and how there's so many games like that, but they're violent. And this is like a really interesting take on that. Indie games – are the food carts of games. They try crazy experimental stuff that you would never be able to have in any restaurant, be it five star or like your favorite mom and pop diner. They're doing wild stuff and they should be appreciated for that. You should be checking these out. I don't know what else to say besides like if you haven't looked at these demos, do yourself a favor and navigate this wasteland. But to answer your question it is a madhouse and there's too many games. games. It's really hard for me to find the diamonds in this. Um, And that can be exhausting, especially for someone who maybe only has a couple minutes and they're looking for something. I would honestly say podcasts like this are a great way to surface these Gems and allow people to find things that they think will be theirs and, and suss that out. So, I mean, honestly, not to like self plug, but it's like it's these podcasts. It's like checking out your favorite streamer who navigated uh, four hours of this on a Saturday, and they were like, "Here's my favorite five. That's that's the best way to do it. Find someone that you trust and 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 listen to what they say. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's well said. I love the uh, I love the metaphor of the uh, the food food trucks of uh or the food stands of of gaming i think that's perfect i love that
2: oh that's better than fondant oh now you're on board with food analogies jeff oh so much better oh mary says she likes half-life alex now you love everything that yeah
1: yeah yeah that's that's how you become my friend christian that's how i value (laughs) your opinion on things
2: (laughs) oh i have a long way to go um i gotta buy that apple headset (laughs) 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 <laughs> i like the democratization of this i miss xbox 360 where every xbox live uh game xbox gb whatever they were um the downloadable games arcade games arcade. Had, yeah xbox I, live arcade uh, they all had demos and because and i agree with mary that yeah find your streamer listen to your podcast and like they'll elevate things and you're like oh i trust their taste you know this game has a red-haired protagonist christian loves it um you know like easy um um, but I do be just because I didn't dig a game, but you can just, you can go and play it and just see, and it might really just connect because with you. a
1: game, just because a game came out a year ago, doesn't mean it's, it's bad. It's not a foregone
2: conclusion that you shouldn't oh. play. It. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, I really like it, but there's so much, I, I don't know how you do it and hats off to all the UX and UI designers out there that work on this stuff. Um, and then the data behind it but it's it's still hard it's better but it's still hard to find even when you can dive into sh- subgenres and genres of and it's it's still hard to find things i, yeah. don't, I don't know i
1: feel bad for all these folks working so, so hard and innovating in this space and how do you even get noticed in the in the giant ocean of games it's,
0: frustrating yeah. for them too um, yeah i'm sure you I'm know sure. when we do sometimes um Twitch does like I I've did three indie showcases at my time at Twitch and every year it is really difficult for our, me to pick the games and I have to just yeah. basically play a bunch of demos to find out what I think is worth surfacing. And I ask the, the devs all the time when they get picked, like, like, what's it like out there? And they're just like, it's a hope and a prayer. You know, it's really hard <laughs> to get noticed out there, especially when a lot of these this is their first game. They're not established devs. They have really quality products, but it's just so hard to surface without like, I don't know, without that just luck that someone's going to stumble across your game. Um, I think that indie games are extraordinarily valuable part of the uh, ecosystem of video games. So it's really worth it. To do some tries and some buys from these amazing devs, um, which I think make this world so much more robust and so much more interesting. And we have seen it. We have seen evidence that Trip A yeah. games all the time will be like, do you guys play those indie games doing something wild? You're like a circus performer and you yell <laughs> back at the people who throw fruit at you. We're going to put that in God and they'll do it. Yeah.
1: Right, those no yeah. blood
0: suckers will do it, and so I think like you <laughs> have to support these devs. I know it is exhausting um, to sift through, but I I strongly encourage everybody to like get in there and go play some of these demos. They're free ninety nine, and you probably will find something incredible, just so worth your time.
2: Yeah, well and said. Speaking of, well said. of games a year old, I mean sometimes it might just take a pandemic, but I think I mean Among Us is a perfect example of like yeah. that game has been out for a year. Or, you know, oh longer, I think two years. Yeah, a couple it, years it. Yeah. it wasn't a steam demo that did it, but it was just the right people streaming it and talking about it in the right time. And it, yeah. it exploded. So, you know, you got to get your game out there and then those things, hopefully you can rise to the top, but there are so many that, you know, they resonate with certain people and you just, you gotta, uh, that's again, I, I really love this and I love the spotlights on Indies and someone in chat, uh, I need to scroll up, but like summer of arcade mm-hmm. was awesome before, I yeah. love that stuff because there's a lot of people making a lot of really, really great games. And that's one of the reasons I miss in-person events. Uh, I sing its praises all the time. I have the vinyl here with me somewhere. But I stumbled ap- upon counter Spy at E3 when I was walking by. And the art style blew me away. And the soundtrack's yeah. incredible. I love that game. And I I saw it in person as I was in a space. So I, I'm hopeful that that stuff comes back. LA has a great indie um game jams and you can just go and participate and see the stuff and gdc um i i,
0: I miss that dads, stuff a lot
1: yeah yeah there's so many well ladies and gentlemen we made a lot of food-based analogies this week <laughs> so it's the perfect time for me to tell you about our sponsor hello fresh oh what is hello fresh hello fresh is fresh pre-measured ingredients mouth-watering seasonal recipes Delivered right to your door. I love it. I love it. Didn't do HelloFresh meal tonight because it was the Super Bowl and I needed wings. But last night I did a HelloFresh meal and it was amazing. We had uh, pork chorizo enchiladas. Incredible. I I love HelloFresh. It has improved my life immeasurably. Why? Because I have learned to love to cook. I have learned to be the provider for my family. They get to sit down. I get to give them a freshly made, homemade meal, and I don't have to worry about any of the junk that I didn't like. Which was figuring out what to have. I get these wonderful, uh, this, these wonderful recipes. This menu that is different, varied, has so much yummy stuff that I would never find on my own. So many cool recipes that I would never make as a bachelor. I would never make if I didn't have HelloFresh. I get this great variety in in, uh, what we eat and I don't have to worry about it. It's so fun to get on the app and select the meals a few weeks in advance. I love doing that. And I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to buy a bunch of ingredients that Half of it's going to go bad in the fridge because I only needed this much and they gave me this much. It's all pre-portioned. It's all exactly what you need. And it's all freshly sourced. You have low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian, pescatarian options every week. There's over 23 recipes every week. So no matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce sourced directly from local farmers. And you can cut down on groceries bills. You save up to 40% instead of shopping at your local store. That's amazing. Uh, HelloFresh's easy eats give you quick and easy meal solutions like the 10 to 20 minute meals. So simple, so convenient. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 10 DLC and use the promo code 10 DLC. That's 10 DLC and you get 10 free meals. Wow. And that includes free shipping. So, again, HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC. Use the promo code 10DLC for 10 free meals. I highly recommend it. I've been using HelloFresh for so long, and it has truly improved my life. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have our parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. Mary Kish, thank you so much for being here. What a delight it has been to talk to you.
0: Uh, I'm... It's awesome. Thank you for making this weekend a little bit more fun. And it was really nice talking to you guys about stuff I already really like talking about.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Fantastic. Well, tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you do online.
0: Yeah, uh, I am on most things under the handle of my name, Mary Kish, uh, M-E-R-R-Y-K-I-S-H. And I work at Twitch, so I stream there a lot, but I also work at the company and I make lots of fun stuff that you might have seen before, like E3 on Twitch and TwitchCon and these indie showcases I was mentioning earlier. Um, I'm always around and I stream on Mondays uh, every Monday. So you can always catch me there and and come stop by sometime. Fantastic.
1: Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week?
2: Well, I'm starting a new show. It's called The Foundations of Fondant. And it really dives into... Um, just kind of the backstory metaphors, mm. ways you yeah. can use it, um, mm. the best tasting, worst tasting, getting it out of a bucket, um, all the different ways you can get it and use it. Um, I have a new newsletter that you can subscribe to at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. There's currently the archive is up there as well if you missed one and you want to read one. A recent one just went out, and it was my longer form thoughts. So I write about video games. It's called Let's, Let's Chat Games. Um, And kind of some longer form thoughts. This most recent one was about Stadia. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I had some more stuff to think about on that. So you can find that at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then this show I stream live uh, usually on Sunday at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv. Sorry, as I choke twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer and um i we're put some work week. in
1: we're doing uh, we're not doing a val- we're doing valentine's day next week so yeah we don't we'll know be. next week's time yet yeah.
2: typically yeah. sunday yeah. at 7 15 p.m pacific time um and i put some work into the video stream as well so if you want to hang out live with us you can see i try to have b-roll up for the games we're talking about now and, and multi-cam and i'm uh i'm having fun i'm having fun engaging with it so you can find that again at twitch.tv slash christian spicer and when things are we change things around schedule wise uh twitter's the best way it is at spicer s-p-i-c-e-r and also mary uh i should have said this earlier but the stuff you and the team are doing over there is phenomenal so uh, keep it up yeah yeah it's it's been really really great and fun to watch
0: thank you
1: you can follow me on twitter i'm at jeff canada which is spelled with two n's and one t and we love getting your emails here at the show if you have any questions or comments we'd love to hear from you dlc feedback at gmail.com is where you send those emails Uh, If you want to hear me talk about other stuff, I have several other shows for you to check out. I do a movie and TV uh, review show called The Slash Filmcast. You can find that at slashfilmcast.com. I do a comedy science show where you can learn a little something about science and laugh along the way. It's called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And uh, I do a a show all about fan-controlled football, which is a new football league. Now that the NFL is all done for the year. Fan-controlled football is about to start. It's going to be something quite amazing. It's basically Madden in real life. People on Twitch, at home, controlling every aspect of the game. The, calling the plays, picking the personnel, everything. You should check that out. We, we uh, stream live every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv fcf for fan-controlled football. Uh, and uh, Dungeon Run. You can check out the Dungeon Run, my long-form Dungeons & Dragons show. By searching for the Dungeon Run on YouTube or as a podcast. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts.
0: Hey, give us a suggestion. Gift.
1: Mary, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week?
0: Sure. Um, so this is. Um, a part of what I do is we do all sorts of stuff at Twitch to try and like get people to rally and get excited about what's going on in the world. And right now it's February, which means it's Black History Month. And we are doing so many cool things. Um, There's so many amazing creators on Twitch that you can discover this month that have been here and doing amazing stuff and they're all on a team so if you go to like twitch.tv slash team slash black history month you'll surface over 130 creators that opted in to like kind of just stream and showcase what they're doing and you can source just like incredible talent um some of these streamers i have like been watching for years some of them i discovered in the last month and they're awesome so if you're looking for new people to stream and just kind of like Hang out with um check out the Black History Month team on Twitch. Very
1: cool. That's awesome. Christian Spicer, what about you? You got a parting gift?
2: I do, and I've probably mentioned this before. I, I mentioned that I haven't watched football in five years or so, but it is we are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. And what are arguab- ar- ar- <laughs> arguably the best snack for Super Bowls or any any snacking occasion. You can make them at home. Are muddy buddies i'm talking checks i'm talking peanut butter i'm talking chocolate i'm talking powdered sugar delish perfect used to call that dog food
0: yeah puppy chow that's puppy Pu- chow. chow
2: muddy buddies you name it i'll eat it make it <laughs> it's delicious uh, with little kids it's kind of gets you have to make sure of like you can't lick your hand every time before you know what i'm just gonna get you your own bowl here's your own bowl have fun um but that, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before, but I like mentioning it on uh, on big games because they're fun, too easy to make and delicious. Awesome!
1: Cool. I have a TV show recommendation for you from my parting gift. This is a show that's been on for a while. I guess this is my theme this week: me discovering late to the party with Jeff Canada. That's that's what we got. Uh, but this is a show that's been on for a while. I just started watching it, and boy, is I am I digging it? I, I dig this show. It's called Search Party. I don't think it started on HBO Max, but it is now on HBO Max, which is where I'm watching it. Um, this is a very quirky, weird show tonally, but I really like it. It's, it's about a group of people that went to college with a girl who goes missing, and they get obsessed with finding her, even though they didn't really know her very much at all. Um, and it's a comedy, it's like a 22-minute comedy, but also very dark and almost like an adult sort of HBO show. It's a wonderful hybrid of very different tones. I dig it a lot. It's called Search Party. It's on HBO Max. Check it out. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Ernie, who is at Ernie4UK. Ernie says, uh, if you're a fan of the Star Trek series from yesteryear, I'm talking The Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, then please watch The Orville. The Orville is a space show that harkens back to the TNG days of space shows with a positive outlook to humanity's future. With modern Star Trek shows becoming these dark and gritty versions, it's nice to have a show that has that comfortable feeling of familiarity. The characters are great, the effects are great, and the world they've built is great. Please give it a watch. It's become my favorite show by a large margin. There are two seasons available on Hulu. For those in the U.S., if you're in the U.K. like me, you'll have to get a bit more creative in how you watch it. That's it for me. Thank you again for doing what you do. You're a British-American fan from Scotland. Thanks, Ernie. Uh, I checked out the first episode of Orville, and it it didn't grab me. But people have said that it stopped being a parody of Star Trek and became, like, an authentic version of Star Trek. And I've heard it got way, way better. So I'm, I'm interested to check that out. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Mary Kish and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our live stream for hanging out with all of us in real time, making the show better, and uh, seeing the, the video version. We appreciate you hanging out. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star, for those cool bumpers. Uh, and thank you to each and every one of you who tune in every week. We're grateful for it. We'll be back next week. Until then...